Hello and welcome to Pat's Chat Podcast. As you can hear, my voice is kind of shot, but we're going to get through this together. Michael, how are you doing today? The Patriots kept their playoff hopes alive with a win over the Arizona Cardinals. I'm doing well because I didn't lose my voice three days after starting a podcast, so I can't complain. Um, But that was not the game I expected for like 15 different reasons. Um, uh, We talked the other day. I thought this was a losable game for the Patriots because of the tackle issues, because they were thin at running back with Stevenson got nicked up uh, and that because they had trouble covering receivers downfield. And two of those things came to fruition and it didn't matter. You know, you had uh, a strong second half push and a huge assist from DeAndre Hopkins and uh, everything's still on the table for the Patriots. I think that's huge. You're not going to sit here and throw a parade for a win over the Cardinals, but they did it what they had to do and they kept everything alive and, and they're now still in control of where they go this year. Yeah, there's no way that you possibly could have predicted how this game would have gone because Kyler Murray got hurt on like the first offensive play. Um, and obviously that's really unfortunate for Kyler Murray, but that also clearly affects what the Cardinals could do in this game. The game plan to have Kyler Murray running all over the field against a defense that cannot do anything against Russian quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden they have to pivot to Colt McCoy being their quarterback out there. And I mean, I will say that we'll get into this. Everyone was clowning on Matt Patricia all game. I think the Patriots ran like 11 screen passes in this game. Um, 12, 21, 12. Um, 12. (laughs) They would have. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was hired to run an offense. Um, And the Cardinals were fairly anemic in this game against a good Patriots defense, but one that certainly shown some flaws against some of the better offenses in the NFL. Yeah, Cliff is probably the least uh, inspiring head coach I think we've seen in a while. And uh, I don't know if you caught it. I think it was Friday. Bill Belichick was asked, uh, you know, is there anything you see in Cliff Kingsbury that you remember from his time here? And Bill literally said, I don't really remember much from his time here, which I found (laughs) sneaky hilarious. But I I mean, his record is what it is. His record in college with Patrick Mahomes wasn't impressive. I think it's just a matter of being kind of handsome takes you very far in life. I think maybe Jimmy Garoppolo being like the pinnacle in the, in the football realm, but no, I, I think that game was still winnable for the Cardinals. They, they, when James Conner ran for that touchdown in the second quarter to go up 13, seven, I want to say it was, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was over to be honest with you. And then they yeah. get the, the Cardinals get the ball back and they're driving and they go for it on that fourth down. You had, a sneaky huge play, third and one, Matt Judon off the backside with the run stuff. You don't really think of him as, yep. as a run stuffer. And then Jelani Tavai breaking up the fourth and one, gets the ball back, and you're like, all right, well, there's 30 seconds. The Patriots can't score. And then they do. They throw it downfield to Hunter Henry and get the field goal. So um, some mismanagement. Uh, but but I, I wouldn't harp too much on Kingsbury tonight. I, I wouldn't. I came away thinking the Patriots did a much better job in the second half. I mean, you know what it was like on Twitter uh during during that first half as the Patriots just ran screen after screen and sideways pass and uh couldn't get out of their own way and there was some more chances uh there was proof that if you throw it downfield you can gain large chunks of yards at a time and then score points but um I think you got to give big credit to Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong for just really 
keeping the game afloat. Cause if they had no running game at all, I don't, I don't think they can throw those passes downfield. I just think it's everyone's teeing off on Mac and that's that. Yeah, uh, definitely. They impressed uh, the, the uh, fumble between Mac Jones and Kevin Harris, not Didn't exactly impress. the most impressive play, but beyond that, uh, yeah, I mean, that game could have gone very poorly if they had not had some bigger runs. Uh, the big uh, play by Pierre Strong. My cat is walking behind me in the background. So if you're listening to this, you don't know that. <laughs> you're watching this. I didn't even know it. So um, you do know that. But I said um, going in, those, those, the every running back not named Ramondre or Damien combined for 17, right. 16 yards on 17 carries this year tonight. Pierre Strong had five for 70 and a touchdown. Kevin Harris had eight for 26 and a touchdown. Drew a face mask, too. They scored red zone touchdowns, which is something that's been lacking on this team. And granted, you're going against the worst red zone defense in the league, but they all count. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you had to do tonight. You had to get things like that when I should have added. Not only was Myers out, but you lose Devontae Parker early, too. Right. And you talk about it's not the same level of losing Kyler Murray uh, to, to what you're still significant, doing. though. Yeah. I don't think Kendrick Bourne was a big part of the game plan. And then he ends up playing the whole game because of, you know, they're down two receivers. So um, they, they adapted. I think it took them a while to get over that and adapt to it, but they did. Yeah. And then obviously Marcus Jones has to play both ways, making plays on offense, defense, special teams. I don't think that that was probably the plan to have him play that many snaps in the game. I'm curious to see how many snaps he actually winds up, uh, getting you know charted for on offense and defense but overall i mean yes matt patricia running screen after screen after screen sometimes multiple screens on one play faking the screen (laughs) just to turn around and throw a screen like do you think there's any method to the madness of he's doing all of that to set up the big plays downfield to honor henry or do you think the big plays to Hunter Henry are Mac Jones just finally like being so frustrated that he's just like, we have to do something downfield? Like, do you think there's a method to the madness here at all? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. Think all right. So Good night, everybody. No, I think, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, I'm the biggest critic of the fake screen right, screen left, which is like, and granted, if, if David Andrews blocked his guy, it, it would have actually been successful. But the Cardinals knew it was coming. They, they, they watch the tape. They see what it is, but to be fair, cause we're nothing, if not fair, they did run the play action handoff to Harris, I believe. Yes. Uh, and then the fake end around to, I want to say born and then the screen to Harris and it actually gained like 15 yards. So once a game, you'll get a nice chunk gain, but no, it's to me, I think it comes back to the lack of time in the pocket. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. There's still, granted, Trent Brown played. I don't think he played spectacularly. You had Connor McDermott on the other side. Uh, There were plays where Mac, you know, would run play action and look up and there's two guys in his face. And downfield passing doesn't really have an opportunity when that's the case. So I still come back to that as the issue. Um, I still, I think the interception, he was trying to go downfield. They showed the replay behind the zones. I think he was going for Aguilar on the streak, not mm-hmm. the crosser because the crosser looked pretty covered. I can't really tell. Um, but that that is a good case of trying to go deep, not having the time and getting the ball knocked out because you had Buda Baker on one side coming in. And then you had, who was it? Uh, Connor 
uh, I don't have all seven pass rushes uh, down, but he came in and got the arm of yeah. of Mac Jones and knocked it up. So I think it's it's a, an extremely terrified to turn it over offense, and that's why you get all those screens. Yeah, it is strange that they came out early this season, you know, relying so heavily on the deep ball, taking so many risks, throwing it downfield so much, immediately seeing that that was going to result in a ton of turnovers. Mac Jones gets injured. He comes back and now they're playing the safest, most conservative offense in the NFL. And, you know, as, as critical as we are of it, and I think it's fair to be critical of, of something this conservative Patriots are seven and six right now. They are back in the playoffs. They're currently the number seven slot in the AFC right now. So like to some degree it is working, I just think that this offense would be so much better if there was someone a little bit more capable of running it. As we've said, this is not a Matt Patricia podcast. It's not. It's not a Matt Patricia bashing (laughs) show. No, but I I think what they still are, and tonight you score on defense when literally DeAndre Hopkins just gives it to you. You are, and I don't mean you, Doug. I mean, the Patriots are reliant on plays like that. The Jets game, you don't win if not for a special teams touchdown. Um, The, 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 the Colts game, I know they scored on defense to blow that up, but that maybe didn't factor in the first Jets game. Um, I'm trying to think, was there a defensive score in that one? No, not in that one. But you get the point. In right. these games, you're kind of reliant on, Bill Belichick calls them bonus points because right. you don't go into a game strategizing, we're going to score on defense. It's kind of hard to do that. But um, to to your point about it working, like we do have to be, uh, we do have to take a bigger view of it. And you watched the Dolphins last night. Did the Dolphins look like a juggernaut? Uh, have the Chargers looked like a juggernaut throughout? And so now the Patriots are the seventh seed. And they're one back of Miami. They're virtual tie with the Chargers and Jets, but have the tiebreakers. So they're in that class of the AFC. You may yearn for the days when they were in the one or the two. They'd be Kansas City or Buffalo. But the reality is they are firmly in that class and they I might not like them head to head against Miami in a neutral setting. But coming up here in a few weeks when the Dolphins have heaters, Doug, the Dolphins had heaters on the sidelines in Los Angeles, California. So to me, that changes the whole scope of this final month of the year. Um so they're gonna have like bonfires, they're gonna have open fires <laughs> on the like sideline. Trash barrels and like bro. But I, I put it together earlier today. The combined, you want to do the playoff picture after this? I think that's important to do. Yeah. Um, the combined opponent's winning percentage for those four teams, the Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, and Chargers. So the Chargers is 346. They have an extremely easy schedule. They should win mm-hmm. at least three. The Jets is 500. The Dolphins is 549. Now the Patriots, after winning tonight, their four remaining opponents, even with the bum Raiders in there, is 615. So the Patriots still do have the hardest climb to get in the playoffs. Uh, not to put a downer on tonight, but again, tonight was right. about t- tonight was about keeping it alive, and they did that. Yeah. So uh, in first place in the AFC, it's the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, and Tennessee Titans. Those are the division leaders currently. And then beyond that, the Bengals are in fifth, Miami Dolphins in sixth, New England Patriots in seventh followed by the Chargers in eighth and the Jets in ninth. I don't think we really need to get that far below there because, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars could still win their division over the Tennessee Titans, especially with how poorly the Titans played this week. But I don't think they're 
really want to be competing for a wild card against any of those other contending teams. That uh, would be awesome, goes... by the way. Not to interrupt <laughs> yeah. you. I would it would be that. awesome. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence looks pretty good. He does. Um, and they've got a big game in week 18, actually, against the Titans. And there's possibility that both teams could be 8-8 eight eight at that point, And that could be for all the marbles, yes. as they say. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild that if you look at the AFC standings, other teams that are five and eight right now, the Raiders, the Browns and the Steelers. But yeah, I mean, all of the Patriots remaining uh, opponents are in that stack of 13 teams and the majority of them are in the playoff contention. Um, I wanted to ask you about Mac Jones real quick before we get into do anything playoff wise or anything else too heavily or deeply. Mac Jones is swearing on the field. He it's the second straight game where he's shown outward frustration. And to some degree, this is only cameras looking at Mac Jones in these situations because they know that he showed outward frustration last week and they know that he's probably going to do it again this week. And they want these clips to go viral and for people to watch football and all of these different things. ESPN did like replay that pregame, early game, the, yes. the last week's outburst. So you're right. And there was... A couple times, I would even say that, you know, so Mac Jones had the big F-bomb on the field after the delay or after the timeout. He had another big F-bomb later in the game. And then there was a moment where him and Matt Patricia like hugged on the sideline. But then almost immediately after that, Matt Patricia was like talking to Mac Jones about something. I wouldn't say that he like rolled his eyes. But I, I like I feel like the hug between them was kind of overblown. My question though is, is this a game or the game where you actually start to like kind of feel bad for Mac Jones, where you start to have like sympathy for Mac Jones? Start. <laughs> start. Doug, what That's was their fair. first preseason game this year? Uh, I forget, yeah. but that would be when I started. Um I just think it's 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 tough to judge a lot of these offensive players this year, given the the operation that's being run. And <laughs> this is not not this is not a Matt Patricia bashing podcast. But we it's it's hard to talk about it without focusing right. on that aspect of the ball. And and if you go to that first half, um, they finally you know get the ball downfield, and then there's. You talked about the fumbled handoff between Mac Jones and Kevin Harris. The fact that they're running it up the middle with 10 seconds left instead of taking a shot. I don't, I watch a lot of NFL football, Doug. I sit here. um, I have this channel. It's called the Red Zone. You check it out. People are always scoring touchdowns. They're always going for the end zone, and the Patriots just aren't. Remember in Minnesota, Hunter Hunter Henry didn't go out of bounds. They throw it over the middle. They have to kick a field goal. They cost themselves two shots at the end zone. Last week in Buffalo, they call timeout, run a QB sneak, call timeout again, cost themselves at least two shots at the end zone. This time they're just like, why would we even bother trying to throw in the end zone? It goes to the turnover reverse uh, philosophy. And it's just, you can win some games. You can beat the right. Cardinals. You can sneak into the playoffs maybe. But I think it comes down to like, what does it matter if you're never going to push it and go for it? Right. Like Also, I feel like it. you almost kind of have to practice that during the season you have to prove to yourself that you like if you want to win a super bowl situations right like like why do you show up to work if you're not (laughs) going to try to win a super bowl right and 
like now they're in playoff contention or they're back in playoff contention. They're back like literally in the playoffs right now. And that's not to say that they will actually get to the playoffs because of the hard schedule ahead. But yeah, you can win all these games and, and get to the point where you're actually in the playoffs. But what are they going to do once they're in the playoffs? They, they have to go for it in those situations. They have to take shots. They've been so conservative. And yes, they're seven and six. And like you said, yeah, you can beat the Cardinals without Kyler Murray. But yeah, like what was the what was the idea there? I guess they already had a 45-yard field goal. They wanted to make it like a 42-yard field goal. At that point, like just kneel on it, take the timeout, and then kick the field goal, or just like take the field goal with 10 seconds left. I don't know. I mean, I was I, I mean Nick I was Folks, shocked. Nick Folk moment. hasn't had much leg lately, so I don't know if that was a concern, but I know he was booming him during warm-ups. So yeah, it was, was indoors maybe- too. Yeah, and he had a week and a half off. So I, 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 I it's probably not something you st- overthink. You just think they're taking the three, but right. touchdowns are good. And any chance you have to try to score a touchdown, you got to try to do. But I, I, I guess the point is going into halftime. I understand. You know how Twitter can be. You know the Patriots would be fourteen and zero in the old days, and if they had a bad right. five minutes, Twitter would be like fire Bill cut Tom Brady, all that stuff. So I I know how it could be, but I don't blame anyone in that first half for being extremely frustrated and being, I thought they were going to lose. Did you? Um, yeah, I did. Oh, I don't know. Cause I had more faith heading into this game than you did, but I thought that it was close enough. Colt McCoy was a quarterback, like, but I didn't think that they were ever going to really mount anything on offense. And I mean that that DeAndre Hopkins fumble was a massive play. <laughs> there was yeah. no reason for that to happen. Like, why is he carrying the ball like that? Why is he carrying the ball like, like it's like a backwards box? Yeah. Backwards too. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean the Patriots were three for eleven on third down, so it's not as if they went in there and right did whatever they wanted. Um, they they Let's... they needed they needed that play. Let's talk about uh, studs and duds real quick. Um, studs and duds. I want to be on the record. I don't like calling anyone a stud. I think that's so. Uh, can we come up with a better name for this? Mm, no, I thought about. <laughs> We're, I thought our podcast is called Pat's bit. Chat. Um, Pat's Chat. Uh, good guys. I don't know the uh, players who shine and players who decline. Mm. Um, it's just not. Let's let's not do this. Uh, it took us a week to come up with Pat's Chat. So uh, all right, it's not so, going to go well. Um, my stud or my one up, I guess I would say, uh, would probably be Josh Uche. And yeah. I meant to talk about him on, on uh, last week's show on what was that Friday show, whatever it was, but we didn't get to it because we went long on other things. But I mean, Josh Uche is an absolute like, like premier pass rusher right now. He had another three sacks in this game. Um, you know, sometimes Matt Judon is beating him to the quarterback, can't make the sack, but Josh Uche is right there to clean it up. Um, Josh Uche right now also looks like he's about like 220 pounds, which Wait, are you saying he looks big or small? I'm I'm saying he looks small. He looks so small. Yes. Because he yeah. that that shot where he was giving high fives to Mac Jones on the sideline. Yeah. He looked he looked like a like a power forward. In the NBA. Right. Like even like he's standing next to like Marcus Jones. And he doesn't look very significantly skinny. bigger than Marcus Jones. But so is he eating? Do we think? Do you think he's maybe, not eating? 
I mean, he maybe he's just maybe he's putting so much effort into all these sacks. The like calories. he's burning so many calories yeah. sacking quarterbacks and like pulling around the edge. Um, and all it's stunts, like lots of stunts in this defense that that's a lot of steps that you have to take on a stunt. That's true. That's true. So he might want to watch like his, his Apple watch step count, lower that a little bit, start eating maybe a little bit more, eating more find, food, less quarterbacks. Yeah. Mac and cheese. I find adds weight. No problem. Just oh, live yeah. on Mac and cheese for a week. chips, lots of potato chips, I, but I derailed it's working you, but for he him. did look small but, and it's working for him. Yes. So maybe he should stay at this weight forever and be this good of a pass rusher. But I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. When, when Matt Judon, when the Patriots get a lead and the opposing team is forced to throw the ball. And when they have a quarterback who lacks some mobility, like Colt McCoy, <laughs> uh, like Matt Judon and Josh Uj can just pin their ears back and get up to the quarterback on pretty much every snap. It seems like. Yeah. Um, Judon now is back in the tie atop the NFL yep. with, Nick Bosa for four with 14. Josh Uche is close now too. Uche is tied for ninth <laughs> with 10. Yeah. Um, that's a guy who had four in 21 games entering the season. So it's kind of incredible. Um, I do think Judon is a big part of that. You mentioned how that, how they play off each yeah. other. The last one that Uche had uh, the right tackle there on the Cardinals was just beheading Judon, who was still getting to the quarterback forced to step up. And then um, so, so I think those two guys did save the game in a big way by just derailing whatever chance I, it was always going to, if they were going to have to lean on a Colt McCoy comeback, they were never going to get back in the game. The Cardinals, no. they needed to play from ahead. Um, but I, I might go Kevin Harris on this one because of the spot that he was put in. And his first carry was a nine yarder with a couple quick jump cuts. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, all right. His second one was kind of a pure power run. He stiff arms, the guy Troy Aikman said he face masked and he did not. He stiff armed him while getting face masked. It was pretty impressive gets them in the red zone, and then scores the touchdown, uh, which, as we know, are hard to come by. So I just think mm-hmm. in that moment, um, you, if you are to be honest with yourself, whoever you may be, when Ramondre Stevenson was down on the ground, you're like, well, this tri- this whole trip is over. Like, forget right. about this game. They're going to lose this week. They're going to lose next. Like, he has been their offense. He's been, like, 35% of their yards from scrimmage. Uh, so with Damian Harris already out and with two guys that had never played stepping in, that was a that was a – big moment and you learn a lot about players in those moments so i think you have to like that from him um so i i I don't know that uh you look at his numbers and say he was a star or anything but i think the Mm -hmm. patriots needed what they got out of him and a lot i guess you could spread it out about all the rookies because the pierre strong had a great night jack jones had a nice pass breakup on a deandre hopkins out early on before he got hurt marcus jones had a 12 yard reception seven tackles an interception returns you know like that's that's quite a football night for a football player. So the the rookie class uh, was big, and, and Cole Strange outside of that twist that messed him and Trent Brown up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think we we worried too much about Trent uh, Cole Strange tonight. So rookie class had a good. They're they're my ups. Yeah, I mean it's been a very strong rookie class in general so far. My down, it's it's probably the most obvious down, and that would be Nelson Aguilar in this game. Uh, had probably what would like count as two drops plus i got him for a, three i got him for three well the third was it's a drop but it's like a pass defense to drop i guess you would say so it's probably not going to technically count as a drop but like for the sake of like calling it what it is he dropped the ball um and it was nearly a fumble too 
Mm-hmm. Um, could have been an interception if it hadn't touched the ground. That possibly could have led to a Patriots loss if that had been any other result than an incomplete pass. But, I mean, also just beyond Nelson Aguilar dropping three passes, Nelson Aguilar averaged 3.2 yards per target. He had five catches on 10 targets for 32 yards, and his longest play was a 13-yarder. But, I mean, yeah, five incompletions, and three of those were were at least saying were drops. Not mm. not great. Not a great night for Nelson Aguilar. He did also make one first down, so we'll give him credit for that. Yep. Uh, but overall, it was kind of sick, wasn't it? Wasn't it like a sick sideline catch. Yeah, it was him? good. It was good. So it, ah. it bears mentioning, but everything else was bad. And he was the only person on the field who recognized that his teammate was yes. wobbling and concussed. Yes. So credit to him on that. Um, I do. I, I tweeted that out, and it, it spread around a lot. The video of of yes. Aguilar literally taking a knee and then waving everyone to try to get attention. Everyone's saying, oh, great, that that's what stopped the play. No, that didn't even stop the play. They didn't right. even see that. Yeah. It was Cliff Kingsbury's challenge flag. So horrible job by the NFL there. Um, I don't want to add insult to injury because he did get hurt, but Devin McCourty getting run over by James Conner and then Colt McCoy in the same game mm-hmm. um, was a bit jarring to see, but he left with injury because it looked like Dietrich Wise caught him pretty good there. But yeah. uh that 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 was tough. I think when you see Juwan Bentley and Devin McCourty converge on a running back at the nine yard line, you can kind of like you could see Kyle Duggar is just like, oh well, that that's over. And then all of a sudden he's in the end zone. So to me, that was sort of the low point of the night. I think that's when I started to think this one was going to go the Colt McCoy Cardinals way. So, uh, you know, they 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 came back. They 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 did what they had to do defensively. Uh, I think halftime was big for them because I don't know. I don't know that a double score of two field goals really flips it. It's just more, they were able to sort of reset and establish what they were going against. Um, and, and what they could do, because I think they had to realize like, this is Colt McCoy back there. Like we can, we can change up our defense a little bit than what we had planned. So credit to them, um, for adjusting, but it was definitely tough for a moment that, that moment before halftime, that's my low point. Yeah, that was a uh, certainly a low point. And yeah, that was a certainly a part, part in the game where it appeared as though this was a very losable game uh, for the New England Patriots. And yeah, I guess just one other down would be the overall play calling, uh, uninspired play calling of Matt Patricia, though finally opened it up a little bit downfield pass to Hunter Henry. But yeah, just I even question... Next week, not to get into next week already, but next week against the Raiders. Oh, that's like, a win. That's a win. Don't worry about it. But like, is it a win if it's if it's Derek Carr at quarterback and not Jarrett Stidham? Is it a win if like listen half their team doesn't get injured? The other thing too, mm-hmm. coming out of this game, is Ramondre Stevenson never a good sign when a player is ruled out because yes. I think that immediately puts that player's status into question for the following week. On a short week. On a short week. Like, I was just kind of breezing through practice squad running backs around the NFL. Like, do can the Patriots go into this game with only Kevin Harris, um, Pierre Strong, and J.J. Taylor at running back? That's I guess they have to probably, but that's a that's a rough group at running back there. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, those, those guys looked all right tonight. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to. I'm not going to uh, completely 
uh, rule them out. You saw yesterday Raheem Blackshear, who was plucked off the Bills practice squad, scored a touchdown for the Seahawks. So there's there's hope, I guess. But Harris must have been close to make the trip, unless it's like a two week thing. I don't know. Um, true, true. Smart move by Damian Harris. If we're talking body types, uh, as a pending free agent, can't play in this national showcase. Went sleeveless to let everyone know, like I am jacked. Like all credit to him. I get I get sidetracked a little bit by that. Um, you mentioned, you know, as one more negative on the night being the play calling, also the just general execution and function of it. You had a a, a, a second and nine screen pass to Jonu Smith where the throws offline, he can't make a one-handed catch. And then you have third and nine followed by a false start. So you have third and 14. You might as well just punt on third down. Um, and then later there was Raleigh Webb with the yes. penalty. If you're Raleigh Webb on special teams, you can't be committing special teams penalties. Like no, no. It was a three-yard penalty, but he didn't know that when he committed the penalty. <laughs> um, and then there was a delay of game, which Mac was pretty mad about, as I understand. Followed by on the next snap, an illegal shift, yes. uh, which was declined because on third and fifteen they ran a four-yard pass to Ramondre Stevenson. Um, and then lastly, uh, in the execution. The second play of the second half, after the second play, they had to, no, yes, they had to call timeout. Yes. Um, and that's when you got, I'm not going to jump the gun here, the funniest moment of the night, I think, was Mac Jones basically delivering the world's strongest F-bomb on Monday Night Football <laughs> history after having to waste a timeout. Two, play, two plays into the second half. They ran a play. Uh, that would be a 16-yard pass to Pierre Strong. Oh, no, sorry, 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 sorry. 15-yard pass to Kendrick Bourne. Then they hand it off to Kevin Harris, lost two yards, second and 12. Ah, we got to call timeout. <laughs> so you say, like, who's, like, do you feel bad for him? I'm like, yep, yep, I yeah. do. Because the fact that there's not a play in his ear and they got to call timeout in this after two plays in the second half, uh, there, there's work to be done. But um, do you think Mac Jones is intentionally no showing frustration oh, to, yes. like, to – to prove like to show people like guys this is not my fault like if i look somewhat inept out here like i'm mad about this maybe and i'm not mad at myself i don't know mac jones and i don't think anybody knows mac jones i think he is no i don't know maybe mac jones doesn't know mac jones i'm sure he does but he has been through the saban belichick gauntlet for the last five six years right and he is a master at never saying anything at the podium, except for last week. So that was maybe a change of character when he said, you know, we got to throw it downfield more. And then they did tonight. So maybe right. he's get that's what is needed for the results. Maybe it's sort of something needed to shake loose, and he had to be the one to do it. But um, I feel like last week with Mac Jones, when he was at the podium, like he went over, like almost overboard into – no, no, like we've got a great plan. Like all, like I felt like he went so yeah. above and beyond with like we have a great plan. Well, he's um, done that all like, year. He's been like I Matt Patricia. He's an amazing leader of man. Um, he's one of the I, most brilliant football minds I've ever met. It's like you can, you don't have to do that. Well, I think he. I almost. I. I don't know this for a fact, so I'm not putting words in Mac Jones's mouth. This is not even something that I've heard, so I don't want to make it seem that way. But like. To me, when I hear that, I'm like, well, that's not believable. You know, like, like you're just, you're being disingenuous about this, but it's almost like it's so overboard that you're meant to know that it's disingenuous. 
Right. But that's really like next level press conferencing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe that's the goal. I don't know. But as for like when you, I said no off the bat, when I said, do you think he's intentionally? I thought you were going to say like running the play clock down and screwing things oh, up. Like no, 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 no player would ever do that. No. Um, but maybe, and the cameras were obviously keyed in on him to show him like shooing away. Like that was confusing. The other one I think was at Taekwon Thornton for not running the route to the sticks. I think so, yeah. He ran more horizontally and ran himself out of bounds a yard short of the sticks, um, which is funny. Uh, that was another funny moment in this era of, I mentioned earlier, like everyone, you're going for the end zone if you can. Fourth and two from the four. It wasn't It wasn't even like a, a thought. It was like field goal. Um which worked out, and I don't think anyone had faith that they would have converted it, but I just think that was another funny moment of, like, this Patriots offense existing in, like, different era, in a different era. Right. Oh, yeah, from, like, everyone else in the NFL. They are, they've turned so conservative that they're even more conservative than they would have been 10, 15 years ago when everyone else in the NFL is going forward on fourth down. Uh, another play call that stood out to me was on that drive before the half where they have three timeouts, and on second and one, they're throwing a one-yard pass to Hunter Henry to the sideline to just pick up the first down when mm. they probably could have picked up the first down, maybe on third down, like didn't necessarily need to pick up one yard, one yard. in that situation. Maybe could have tried to pick up a little bit more of a chunk play. Um, I think that, yes, the funniest moment of the game was definitely Mac Jones uh, blurting out the F-bomb after having to call the timeout in the, what was it, second play of the second half. Yes. Was that also when Troy Aikman was like, being an offensive coordinator is really hard? I'm not sure. Or was that later in the game? I have a skill. You should know I have a skill of just tuning out anything that the commentators say most of the time. Yeah. Um, It's been a self-preservation mechanism that has treated me well. So I'm not always on whatever they might have said. I'm typically not either, but that one stood out to me as being kind of funny because it was just like, tell what everyone was saying on Twitter. Like Matt Patricia looks a little bit out of his element. Um, He's got, everyone's commenting on the pencil behind his ear, even though he's got a laminated play sheet. People have been saying this for 10 years now at this point, they have to call timeout on the second play of the second half. And then, yeah, Troy Aikman's like, you know what? I think offensive coordinator is the toughest job that anyone can have. (laughs) in the NFL. <laughs> it's like, well, um, I mean, I mean, he's not like, wrong. It it can be the most difficult thing. Um, it's very tough. It's very tough. If you, if you've never done it before, I obviously they won this game. So overall tonight was a net positive. Personally, I don't think they would have won this game if Kyler Murray was playing because the Patriots had struggled so much against running quarterbacks, but I did have a thought early in this game when they were down, when they were losing of like, what would have to happen on offense at this point for Bill Belichick to actually make a change? Like, like, because if you're allowing your offense to have to call a timeout on the second play of the second half, if you're allowing your offense to have these delay of game penalties, these false starts, um, like what would actually have to happen at this point for something to be done? Oh, it's too hard to do anything. So (laughs) that's that. That's that. It's too hard. So I I think at this point it is not to go cliche, but it is what it is. I don't think, I think you go down with the ship at this point. Like if, if if they, let's say it's, you know, 
Kevin Harris comes in and doesn't have that three play sequence where they score right. a touchdown. Instead, they punt, and instead they end up losing, you know, seventeen thirteen or something. I still, I mean, what are you? You're in a short week on the road. I don't know what's going to change in three days. I don't right. know how much practice no, they're going to have this week. Right. Um, and then you come home on another short week when you're playing on a Saturday. It's just not to not to say it's too hard to make a change, but I think at, at that point it's almost like, yeah. well, you make minor changes, you make minor strategic changes, and maybe you take some input from players that might want that input. But right. outside of that, I don't know that there's any like there was any sort of like. Defcon. What's the worst Defcon? One or five? I never. I never know. <laughs> One. That's, yeah. That's above my pay grade. I think. Um, red alert. One. Whatever. I don't think there'd be any yeah. red alert that would that would change it, other than you know the end of the season and then possibly changing it. Um. Another play that stood out to me as being very like non-Patriots like was Matthew Slater. Oh. <laughs> on the goal line. Oh my uh, when god. When could have been the the Cardinals at the one yard line. That was. That was maybe the most shocking play of the entire game to me. Yeah, and, and like live, you're kind of like, oh, I'm not sure. And then they showed the slow-mo with the camera, like the handheld camera right there. And it's like, I have never seen him do that. Yeah, ever. that was strange. Like, like, that's his whole thing. He might have cost himself the Hall of Fame tonight. I'm not, not going to overreact, <laughs> but. <laughs> too bad it was a national game, too. If it wasn't a national game, no one would have seen it. No one would have noticed. But like him and Brendan Schooler have been fantastic this season. So I do want to give him his credit uh, where it's due. But yeah, did you was, like that one that punt strange. return? I, I don't know who it was on Arizona. He had Schooler and Slater just like surrounding him, and he was just like, <laughs> and then he just went down. It was like what we would all do if we had the ball in the NFL. Just like, uh, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly what we would do if we were in the NFL. We I would have done DeAndre Hopkins or probably or Kevin Harris. Um, uh, so uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about in here. We'll talk about a million other things probably, but one thing I did want to bring up, uh, I think you brought it up earlier too, Jelani Tavai. Mm-hmm. Two plays in coverage. I don't think that this is what you were expecting out of Jelani Tavai when he signed the Patriots practice squad early last season. But, I mean, does the uh, does the emergence of Jelani Tavai make up for all the shortcomings that Matt Patricia has given the offense just by yeah. bringing him in to make those two plays in coverage? Definitely. It was, it's all worth it. No, I mean, he's been... I think a, a nice player. I, I wouldn't go beyond that. I think when Bill Belichick talked about him in the offseason as like a every down player and they've re-signed him, it seems like a bit much, <laughs> um, but not a bad player to have around, certainly. Uh, and I think that fourth down, I mean, that's that's sort of instinct and, and athleticism and you're in the right spot. So, you know, good play. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'd take it any farther than that, though. Um, did you want me to? No, no. Um, July to buy MVP. Um, fair enough. I think that that's what we're looking at right now. It is kind of funny that Bill Belichick like made it seem like he was going to be an every down player for the Patriots. And instead he's done exactly what everyone expected him to do play on early downs and be a special teams player. Um, but I want to go, can we go to one point in this game that I think was, Probably if we look back the moment, because uh, we talked about the fumble, but before that, coming out of halftime, the Patriots kicked a field goal to go tie it at 13. Yep. And then the, the, excuse me, I almost said the Chargers, the Cardinals drove to the Patriots 41 and went for it on fourth and six. 
and had yeah. the play. Uh, I think McCoy was a little rushed. Oh no, he dropped. He didn't. He wasn't ready for the snap, so he kind of was out of sorts and threw it maybe six inches too far for Hollywood Brown. But it was there to be had. And if he catches that ball, he's inside the twenty, and then you kind of got a little shootout action. Instead, he doesn't catch it. The Patriots take over at midfield. Um, the Patriots pin them deep. Then you get the Hopkins fumble. So I just think that fourth down play. It wasn't really the Patriots making a play. Um, it was the center. God, I hate this. Can we ban the clap snap? Like the issues that causes across the off. The right tackle almost killed the rest of his linemen. But it's true. The, the snap came early. It messed that play up. But, you know, that's one of those wormhole moments that everything could change after it if, if they're six inches closer. So to me, that's kind of like that's sports. That was such a sports moment where it's like you throw the ball, you try to catch it, and sometimes you don't. And, and it can change the whole game. I think that uh, Hollywood Brown was pretty bad in this game overall. You think that so? That was one of my takeaways. Yeah, I didn't think he played very well. Um, Robbie Anderson was their best receiver, so. He was. I, I I felt bad at the end for AJ, uh, AJ Green because he's done so little since leaving. the. He's, he's done so little over the last like five years. So I guess like yes. to some degree, I should not feel bad for AJ Green because AJ Green is kind of lucky to be in the NFL at all. Um Bengals putting a franchise tag on AJ Green like two years ago mm-hmm. was one of the most egregiously bad decisions by any franchise on like a contract basis in the last like 10 years or so or whatever. But at the end of the game, AJ Green catches a pass, gets like completely blown up at the sideline <laughs> by Kyle Duggar, and then also gets penalized on the play. It's just like that play could not have gone any worse for AJ Green in a season that's already probably extremely frustrating for him. Yeah, I don't I don't miss every year having everyone say like Patriots should get AJ Green though. So <laughs> as you know, you know, the tide rises, the tide falls. As AJ Green moves away from the game, I'm okay with it based on that fact alone. Um, beyond beyond the Ramondre Stevenson injury, uh what injury from this game for the Patriots concerns you the most? Well you had McCordy, which is a big one. Yep. Um because I think you know, people sometimes only see McCourty when the Bills just gained 25 yards and he's the last guy there. Right. But I, I just think what a lot of other people do in the defense is predicated on what he does and yeah. what Phillips and Duggar are able to do. Um, and even with what the corners are able to do, I think he is such a big part of that because yeah. he is, what, 35, but his speed is still oh, as yeah. good as it's been. So I, I think that's going to be big. Yeah. We know how they treat – we assume it's a concussion. Maybe it's a neck injury. Is he looked right. a little dazed, though. So, I mean, we know how they treat those now. I, I got to assume he's going to be out next week. Um, that's a big one. And then the Parker thing, if because Myers is out with a concussion, obviously, so mm-hmm. we don't know where that is, and Parker's out with a concussion, um, you might need to score a little bit more against Las Vegas than you did against Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. And so that that's a bit of an issue to me. But um, apparently they just can throw some rookies at running back. So I guess the Ramondre injury isn't as bad as everybody feared. I still think that one's the the biggest, but yeah, I do feel like people who criticize Dev McCourty um, might just be younger than us and don't remember the safeties who used to play for the Patriots back in like 2010. Sergio Brown, Sergio Brown, Brandon McGowan, mm. um, who uh, had Brandon Merriweather as well. Yeah. 
Uh, you had James Sanders back there. James Ahedabo. James Ahedabo. Multiple James. Multiple. It's the Brandons and the James who yes. are back there. Um, and none of them, not a single one, could play free safety. You got Patrick Chung in there as well. Obviously, Patrick Chung turned into a fantastic player for the Patriots in his second tenure. First tenure, they wanted him to play cover two with one of those other safeties. And it went really badly until yeah. the Patriots finally were like, you know what, Devin McCourty might not be the best man cornerback. Let's move him back to free safety, play a lot more cover one, play a lot more cover three. And then all those issues were fixed. And Devin McCourty's basically never missed a game. Right. And it also right. helped to have Dron Harmon, another player who could play free safety back there. But yeah, you look at the Patriots and you say they've got great free safety or they've got great safety depth. None of those guys can really play free safety. Sorry, two podcasts, two Duran Harmon mentions. So we're going to keep track oh, of I that. I love Duran Harmon. I, I, I can tell. Um, we're we're yeah. probably going to have another one this week because they're playing the Raiders and Duran Harmon plays it, the Raiders. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting back is a skill. So you said what uh, injury is concerning. The the Raiders, for all of their warts, and for much as, as much as I think they're like allergic to winning and have no chance to win a game after seeing last week and the rest of the season, the, there is quite a big downfield threat next week that if McCordy's not there could could disrupt things a little bit I still think you know the Raiders are gonna figure out a way to lose next week but uh that well, that would be my concern the key is to let the Raiders get up by like 17 points or whatever it is did you see um, the numbers where this isn't a preview podcast maybe maybe we'll get into it more but when leading by double digits at the half they're 0 and 4 and yes. the rest the rest of the league is like 59 and 3 yeah. That's incredible. Their winning percentage yeah. is zero, and the rest of the league is like nine sixty. I don't know how to do math, but it that's it doesn't bad. make any sense. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, I think that there's like a lot of bad luck involved in that, and that's why I like I just don't think that the Raiders should fire Josh McDaniels because I think he could still be a good coach. I'm not um, sure. I, I believed it heading into the year, but I'm not sure. Um, they what they have like a three game winning streak. I guess it was against the Broncos, Seahawks, and Chargers. Like I don't know. I, I feel like he saved his job with that three game winning streak. But yeah, things were pretty bad against um, the Rams as well. Speaking but. of speaking of everyone, someone that everyone picks on, um, I'm giving Miles Bryan a pass on the pass interference tonight when Judon <laughs> shoved Hollywood <laughs> Brown into him, and he kind of was just like as the ball came. I mean that. That was unfortunate. So we're going to wipe that off the ledger uh, for Miles Bryant. That one didn't oh, count. I, I might be a, an idiot right now. Yeah. What was Matt Judon doing there? I think he was just chucking him off the line, but it was, but he a was like pass. way past the line. He was like three yards downfield. Wasn't I don't he? think it was that far. I'd have okay. to double check. I thought it was more like right off the line and then shoving him into the defender as the ball came. It was, that was just an unfortunate sequence. Uh, yeah, that was an unfortunate sequence for sure. Um, all right. I think with, we are wrapping up here soon at this point since my voice is shot. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Let me, to fall asleep, yes? Let me ask you this. So we started with sort of the playoff picture. Um, in last podcast, we kind of jokingly laid out a scenario where okay. the Patriots win out where I don't, think, I don't think they're winning out. But let's say they win next week and lose to Cincinnati. That puts them at uh, some quick math. That puts them at eight and seven uh, yep. with with Miami coming on New Year's Day. And I feel like the Dolphins entire. I feel like we have to do big, big picture now because that's what they did. They kept the big picture alive. 
Yeah. The Dolphins' entire offense is Tyreek Hill, it feels yes. like. Um, they scored two touchdowns yesterday. He scored them both. One was on a fumble. So yep. the the momentum that they had built uh, early in the year uh, was an issue. And again, I'm not kidding. Having heaters on a 50-something degree night on a partially outdoor stadium bodes very poorly for a team that has to go to Buffalo on Saturday night and then has to go to New England two weeks later. So I, I, I'm not down on this playoff possibility, uh, despite how we may sound throughout the course of a podcast. Right. I, I, th- I, I think if they're eight and six going to that game, that game is a coin flip at worst, at, at worst for them. At yeah. Worst, I mean, it probably worst, is. Um, let me get check while we're talking about this uh, betting market rankings, because in some ways this is like the most accurate um, like power rankings that you can have. So the dolphins are at seven and the Patriots are at 11 um, generic points favorite. So that's what you would expect the team to be favored by against a league average opponent on a neutral field. The dolphins are at 2.4 and the Patriots are at 0.6. So dolphins are 1.8 points higher than the Patriots. I'm just even thinking about like what the line is going to be like in that game. If the Dolphins are only 1.8 points higher than the Patriots on and a what generic if, field, and what if the Dolphins then, are coming off an ugly loss in, in Buffalo? Right, like it's probably gonna. Oh, like, no, sorry, they were two weeks away. We're two weeks away, but still, that game might be like a pick'em almost. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of wild. Like, to think about Dolphins minus one, something like that. I just, right. I think, I think weather's gonna be a factor. So I, I just think that's what you did tonight. Now you have to go in and you have to beat the Raiders. You can't split this trip at all. You don't have no. that kind of like wiggle room. Um, I think you lost that wiggle room in the Bears game. So yeah, um, Patriots are favored over the Raiders, right? Or are they not? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. Okay. I don't. I don't. I haven't looked that far. But uh, I, the the Dolphins have the Packers after that. So I think we like the Dolphins at home against the Packers next week after week sixteen. Uh, the Raiders are favored over the Patriots by one and a half points, which really does make sense. Shockingly, uh, these betting market rankings, the Raiders are actually 12th in the NFL, which I just like trust these things. I is that is that the fact that they're in think... Las Vegas? Like if 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 gambling money factors in, like that might Inherent be a bias. Yeah. Um, like I what else are you don't doing? know. It's pretty insane. They only have a 3.4% chance of making the playoffs right now. Um, but apparently Vegas likes the Raiders, but yeah, that could be like just people in Las Vegas liking the Raiders. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think you're, no, I think you're onto something. I think that it's certainly possible that they could beat the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins could see a little bit of a decline. Um, I think that Brandon Staley and the Chargers defense, you know, showed a little bit of a blueprint on how to slow them down or stop them a little bit. Uh, to a tug of looked absolutely horrible in that game. And there's certainly a possibility that that could happen again uh, as the season progresses. I don't think that anyone will be nearly as high on Tua after last week's game than they would have been uh, heading into that game. So, yeah, it's certainly possible. Uh, We do have one question from Juan Gonzalez. I'm not sure if this is the former Texas Rangers outfielder. There's there's a lot of questions here, but I thought that this one was interesting. What's likely that the Bills won't need the last week and sit Josh Allen? We talked about this a little bit on last week's show. I mean, it's possible. But yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are just neck and neck right now. So I, I it's like so far down the line that it's hard to predict what's going to happen there. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs 
are not going to lose this week in Houston. They're probably going to beat Seattle. They're definitely going to beat Denver, and they're probably going to beat the Raiders. So I think the Chiefs are going to win out and finish 14-3, and barring, you know, a, a, a nightmare. So it's really about if the Bills lose, but even then they won't. There won't be that one game separation because the Bills have the tiebreaker. Uh, they will probably have to play to win in week 18 right. to earn that bye, um, which is a big deal now with one bye. So um, the 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 Bills have the Bengals uh, in week 17, which is a tough one. So mm-hmm. there's a chance they lose. But even if they're a game behind going into week 18, I think the point is they, they have play. to play to win because yeah. they, they have the tiebreaker. So. Um, I don't think that's going to work out. Where do you stand on five thirty-eight uh, playoff predictions? Um, I'll I, answer I, first. I, have, I think they're dumb. I have no opinion on them whatsoever. Okay, uh, I think they're dumb and a waste of time. That being said, if the Patriots beat the Raiders, lose to the Bengals, and beat the Dolphins, they will have a sixty-five percent chance of making the playoffs. So, still not all that great. Uh, even if you mostly take care of business going to a one right. next three weeks. So, I think that's a stark reminder of even though. They're in there now and can control their own spot. Um, that Bengals game looms large. Um, this is a non sequitur, but mm-hmm. I I got an email the other day. Sick. And it, it, the subject line was, Douglas, don't let identity theft keep you up at night. What kind of charmed life would you have to have <laughs> to let identity theft keep you up at night? But that would be the thing that would keep you up at night. Not to be like cavalier about it, but also like most of your banking institutions have, you know, identity fraud protection. Like if you get, I've been charged multiple times. Like someone used my debit card in New Jersey to go to the Olive Garden and spend 300 bucks. And I was like, it wasn't me. And I got my money back. So I, I don't, I sleep, I don't sleep well. I don't sleep at all, but it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, no, it has nothing to do with that for me either. Uh, so we, you've had your identity stolen multiple times, you said? Just like my debit card must have been skimmed off a gas station or something. Um, that's my best guess. That was before they had the protective tape and all that. But yeah, I would check my charges and it was like $2 at a gas station, $2 at a gas station, $5 at a car wash. And then once they realized it worked, Olive Garden. <laughs> like, I wish I was there. They could have at least invited me. To New Jersey Olive Garden, because if you want good Italian food in New Jersey, you got to go to the Olive Garden it and says, spend like th- 300 bucks on whatever. I can't imagine. It was probably a party. So you're welcome. I would, to. I would say, have you ever done the uh, the road trip to cover a Jets or Giants game? Uh, no, but it's it's tough eating. Driving down like the, the Atlantic seacoast, it's like Roy Rogers McDonald's. That's Dude, all you're uh, getting around the Meadowlands, like there's like, there's hotels there. And obviously there's a football stadium there and there's like some, like a racetrack or something, something yeah. else. There's no food at all yeah. in that area. So like I would, there are times when I've been on those trips where I would kill for, for an Olive Garden for mm-hmm. some unlimited breadsticks Fair enough. for, for something. Um, somehow that entire area is devoid of any food that you could possibly order uh, to your hotel other than like maybe Papa John's. There's also a place there. I want to find this, but I have a very delicate balance of 9,000 papers on my desk, but there's a place there featured in a, the Sopranos. Um, and, and here's my PlayStation two Sopranos video game. So how's that for your non sequitur, Doug? <laughs> Why do you have a PlayStation two video game on your desk? Oh, because 
about two months ago, I bought it on eBay for $7. (laughs) Can I tell you the premise of The Sopranos' Road to Respect? You are... um, you are trying to get in in with Tony's crew and you basically just run around and mash the punch and kick buttons as much as possible to as many people as possible until you're in. Wow. That's it. It's like if Grand Theft Auto was the worst game ever. But the Sopranos are in it. Do you, do you have a PlayStation 2 on your desk right there? Um it is over. I'm not going to show you my basement. It's a mess, but it's right over there on my subwoofer. Um, so I you know found it recently. I also have a, I'm not at my desk right now in my office. I also have a PlayStation 2 on my, in my, on my desk in my office. It's a great and, machine. Um, when I still had a, a job, which um, I should have a job again soon, but when I still had a job, I was playing NCAA football 09 on my PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. And like the percentage of human beings that still play PlayStation 2 has to be very low. Yeah. You, well, you don't know because there's no more online play as, as well as I recently uh, was bored and hooked my PlayStation 3 up and set up Rock Band for my kids and me mostly. Um, can't play that online anymore. But I mean, that is that is that is a hoot and a half. I was going to buy a Switch and I was like, wait, I have this great machine from 2009 that still works fine. So that's, that's my, that's, that's where my house is at uh, in terms of entertainment. That's great. Yeah. I, the uh, most recent gaming systems that we have are PlayStation two, super Nintendo and N64, my PlayStation three uh, crapped the bed or died. That, happens. that um, happens quite a few years ago now at this point. All what right. What do you think about this other, the other question of if Devin doesn't play, uh, who plays, who for plays? Him? I think him. that's a good question. Cause I don't, it is, it is a good question. Like, so who would you want to play for him? I think you would actually want Jonathan Jones playing free safety. Like he if thinks- you could pick anyone on the team to be the best free safety on the Patriots, I truly believe it would be Jonathan Jones, but obviously you don't want to move him off of cornerback when Jack Jones is already injured. And when you've got, kind of a depleted cornerback core in general. Um, and if Jack Jones doesn't play in this game, I don't think that you could even probably pull Miles Bryant from the slot. So I think they would just have to use Duggar, Adrian Phillips, um, and Jabril, Jabril Peppers, and it would probably be Duggar playing back deep. It's not an ideal situation, but you're probably playing a lot of two high shells in that game, I guess. Yeah, I, that that's a... You, you really, as you mentioned, he he doesn't miss games, so it's not something right. you ever really had to think about. Uh, he doesn't even miss snaps; like it's not even like he, no. you know, has missed halves of games before. So that's that's it's not the best week for that because, as we mentioned the other day, uh, Hunter Renfro might be back, and Darren Waller might be back, uh, and Devontae Adams. They still don't know how to use him, so maybe that's your best bet: is they go to him three times and it doesn't kill you. But uh, it's it's it figures to be an issue on the back end. There's also the issue of Darren Waller's like six five six. He's like six six, I think. And Miles uh, Bryant Devon- is not. Yeah, Devontae Adams is like six three. Mac Hollins is like six five, and then obviously Hunter Renfro is on the smaller side. But just like Mac Hollins has had a good season this year, um, and the Patriots have extremely short cornerbacks, mm-hmm. and Jack Jones is not very tall himself. I think he's only like five nine five ten, but like Miles Bryant's like 5'8, Marcus Jones is like 5'8, 
Jonathan Jones is like five nine. So you're going to that game with like very short cornerbacks. I guess you hope that Jalen Mills can play in that game, but definitely wasn't the greatest sign that he was ruled out so early before this one. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for the purpose of this podcast, big picture wasn't necessarily beautiful. Definitely required some help in the form of a, you know, the starting quarterback leaving early and their star player giving you a touchdown. Um, But it's football. It's the NFL. A 14 point win is a 14 point win against a bad team that you needed to have. They did it. Um, everyone after yes, after Sunday said, you know, they're in control. They're in the, they're in with a win and then they can control where they go after that. And they did the job. It wasn't parade worthy, as I mentioned, coming off the top, but I think you come away with that feeling, not necessarily great about the team, but you don't feel any worse and you have another three weeks to, to live. And I think that matters. Yeah. I think it gives some hope for the rest of the season. I thought it was fine. I thought the Mac Jones played decently well. Obviously, the interception wasn't totally his fault because his hand was hit. I won't say the fumble was necessarily all of his fault either because I don't know what the hell was even happening on that play. I'm blaming um, the running back there. That yeah, he, I'm blaming, he, I'm blaming he the fact that they it. ran the ball with 10 seconds left and like at the 28 yard line or whatever it was. Like, I don't think that was necessarily Mac Jones' fault, but no, I'm with you. Like, they won the game. That's all ultimately that matters. If your hope is for them to make the playoffs, this was a step towards doing that. It wasn't the best game that they've ever played, but they also very easily could have lost that game multiple times. And instead they won the game and that itself is a positive. Um, and it, and it saves their week because they're out there in Arizona for the next five days. Yeah. If they had lost that and have to, they'd be all sick of each other. They'd be mad at the coaches and then they'd have to go into a, a road game again. So I, I, I wouldn't discount that factor too of just, I mean, they're human beings and yeah. it's been a long year. So it, it saves them from a, a hellish week in the desert. It certainly does, but we will be back with you guys again on a show for Friday morning. We will probably record that at some point on Thursday. Talking a lot more about the upcoming game against the Raiders. Until then, subscribe to Pat's Chat Podcast. Follow Michael on Twitter at Michael F. Hurley. Follow me on Twitter at Doug Kide. And we will be back with you guys again on Friday morning.